Good morning, Nouvelle. It is a joy to be with you this morning. I'm Becky Hoffpower along with my husband, Rick. And we are, um, we have a special connection with you. Pastor Dale, that was with you for so many years, is the baby brother to Rick. (laughs) So in the absence of your worship leader, we're here to worship with you. These are strange and unprecedented times. Whoever dreamed we would be in a circumstance where we'd be saying six feet back, six feet back. But, you know, we're together and our hearts beat us one. And through the painful times that we've experienced in our nation, we could reach out and extend our hands. You are my brother. Change happens one person at a time. So together, founded in the Lord, our common ground, let's lift our voices and sing. We have come into his house. And I mean everybody. Sing, stand, worship, just give your voice to Jesus this morning. of the Lord. Is it good this morning to be in God's house one more time? Amen. Amen. We've worshiped together in different ways the last few weeks, but just to have the family of God together to worship and sing his praises, what a wonderful privilege we have this morning. We're so glad that you're here, and uh, we want the Lord to just come and touch our hearts and meet our needs and 
and speak to us in the way that, uh, that he needs to speak to us. We will be having communion a little later on in the service. And if you have not received your, your communion cup, the ushers will make sure that you have those. Just let them know in one way or the other because we want you to partake in communion with us this morning, everyone who desires to do so. Let's just open up our hearts and sing God's praises as we worship him this morning. Together, shout to the Lord.
from the disability of total blindness. And yet through her trial, she found peace in Jesus. Let's listen to the words Fanny Crosby wrote in Blessed Assurance. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a
as we prepare for our time of family prayer this morning, I'd like to read a quote from Dave Willis that I ran across this past week. When you feel like worrying, try praying instead. Worrying creates more stress, but prayer creates more peace. God is bigger than whatever is stressing you out. Whatever is stressing you out this morning, God is bigger than that. And that reminds me of a passage of Scripture over in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. A wonderful promise that we have this morning, that God is bigger than whatever is bothering you this morning. God is bigger than that. Just give it over to Him. Let Him handle it for you, and it will turn out all right. As we pray this morning, we need to pray for the healing of our nation. We need to pray for the healing of the racial divide that divides our nation. We need to pray for the healing of racial injustice and the demand of equality for all. We need to remember the family of George Floyd that lost their loved one. A son, a brother, and a father because of a horrendous act of murder. Something that cannot be tolerated in the society in which we live today. Our land will never heal until we learn how to treat each other with respect and love each other. I thought of a little song or a little chorus that I used to sing in Sunday school as a little boy. Maybe some of you remember that chorus. At that time, I didn't realize the significance of it and the real meaning of it. But it goes like this. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. He not only loves the little children, but He loves all of us this morning. We are all God's children, and we should love each other as God loves us. If we would do that... We'd be living in a different world today. I know you have burdens and you probably have some special un, unspoken requests that you have on your heart. Just by an uplifted hand, would anyone have an unspoken request? You'd like, I see those hands this morning. I see those hands. God knows what those requests are. We don't need to know, but as long as He knows. We may not be able to do anything about it, but I know one who can. Let's pray this morning. Our Father, we come into your divine presence this morning. We thank you for the family of the Nouvelle Church. Lord, we thank you for their faithfulness and their love for this church during these past several weeks, Lord, that we've gone through. When we have not been able to gather together and worship as we are this morning. And Father, it is so good to see our family back together. And there's some that we still miss. And uh, we understand that 
health reasons and, and other reasons they're not able to be here. But Lord, I pray that you will pour out your Spirit upon each one of us today as we worship you. Lord, we believe you have something good for us. Lord, we believe you want to talk to us. You want to speak to us. We believe, Lord, that you want to encourage us and lift us up. And Lord, if there might be one that may not know you, Lord, they, they have that desire to follow you and to live for you. And Lord, we pray for our nation this morning. And, and we have mentioned all of the things that we need to pray about and we need to pray for. And I pray you'll take those things this morning. Uh, we know that our, our God is still on the throne. Uh, our God is an awesome God. Our God is a miracle-working God. Lord, when things look to be impossible, it's then you step in and perform the impossible. And so, Father, we pray that you'll bless that one that's carrying a heavy load this morning. Lord, we don't know what that that unspoken request may be, but, Lord, you know what it is. And, Lord, it may seem to them that there's no answer, there's no solution. But, Lord, nothing is impossible with thee, our God. And so, Father, I pray you'll shut us in with your divine presence this morning. Uh, surround us with your love and, and surround us, Lord, with your loving care. And, and help us, Lord, to just bask in the presence uh, of an almighty God. Uh, Lord, we pray you'll take this service. It's in your hands. And more, Lord, may everything we do and everything that we say uh, be to your honor and to your glory. We pray you'll bless Nick this morning. We miss him from our midst uh, in, in our worship. But, Lord, I pray you'll bless him today and keep your hand upon him. And, and Lord, just encourage him. And, and, Lord, may your will be done today in all that we do and say. And, Lord, for what you do, we'll praise that name that's above every name. The wonderful, wonderful name of Jesus and all of God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, Nouvelle. Thank you to the Huffpowers for coming in and filling in. We appreciate y'all so much. It's been awesome. Welcome. If you're tuning in at home, join us. We, we'd love to have you. We uh, have a fuller service this morning than we did last Sunday, so people are starting to get out and about, and I'm just so happy to see all of you this morning and see your faces. It's so good, so welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Um, first, I'm going to ask if you have uh, school-age kids, you guys can come up. We have a little... Um, bag over here you can come and grab one come on up don't be bashful we only had one last sunday we got like three this sunday so i'm pumped i'm excited come on up and grab you something we got a little something to help you uh 
while we go through the service. So just before I get to the announcements, I want to just read again. Um, as these guys probably know, we learn through repetition. So I wanted to read scripture again, First Peter 4. I'm just going to read a couple of verses, but I read it last Sunday. I had to go back and meditate on it this week, and I hope you will too. This is just a great, great scripture for the times that we live in. Um, it starts with, the end, of time, the end of things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And that's all I'm going to read. I think if we just stop at that point, we will be, we will be a far different country than we are today. Um, and it's not just, not just your sins but it would cover other people's sins because we can forgive. If we love people deeply, we can forgive other people's sins because this world is, is, a, is a crazy place right now and things are happening. I believe it's a pivotal, it's a pivotal time in our country, um, what's going on right now. And we can choose darkness or we can choose light. Um, we can choose hate or we can choose love. And I want to choose love and I want to choose God's love. God loves us and I want to love as God loves. So hopefully that message, I'm going to go back and read that again this week and just remind myself. Um, to love others. Uh, love yourself. God loves you. Show that love to other people and yourself. Um, so just keep that scripture in mind. Be a, a, a completely different country. Uh, Want to do the announcements? We just have a few. We're still doing our uh, Wednesday morning Bible study. Jerry's doing that. It's still going over Zoom. So men, if you want to get plugged into that, that's a time to spend um, in God's word with Jerry so you can get plugged in with that. And then Wednesday evening, we still have our Bible study going with Sunjay. It's over the phone still. We're kind of keeping the sanctuary closed during the week uh, just to kind of keep things socially separated and, and slowly ease back in. We're, we're looking forward to the day we can open it back up and we can all gather back in and see our church family multiple times a week and spend time together. I think it's so needed, but we'll get there when we can. Um, and so Wednesday evenings, um, be, be on the lookout. Jonathan's usually sending that out. If you're not getting that for some reason, we have sign-in sheets. Put your name and number, and your, we'll update your contact information and make sure that you're getting that announcement. Um, so if you could, on your way out, if you haven't done it on your way in, sign in on the sign-in sheets. Um, if anyone needs communion um, elements right now, would you raise your hand if you need them? If you haven't gotten them, we'll get them to you because we're going to do that at the end of service. Um, Miss Carol right here, uh, Neil. All right, awesome. So we're looking forward. Brother, Brother Stiles, come on up. Oh, well, no, we got a special, right? We got a special. I'm sorry, I jumped the gun. <laughs> You're not going to think. I'm waiting for it. I'm looking forward to it.
Becky for that beautiful song. Aren't you glad this morning that he really does care about us? No one ever cared for me like Jesus. He's the one that really cares about us. And we can always depend upon him. Our scripture lesson this morning is found over in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 7. And beginning with verse 41 and reading through verse 48. We are so glad that you're here this morning. I tell you, you can't imagine how wonderful it, it is to look out and see people in these pews. <laughs> I can't explain it to you. But so glad you're, you come, you're here this morning. Would you mind standing for the reading of God's Word? If you're not able to stand, that's, that's all right. I want some of you readers to get ready and be prepared in the, in, the, in the future because I'm going to be asking some of you to come up here and read my scripture for me. So that's just a fair warning to be ready, okay? In Luke chapter 7, verse 41, Then Jesus told him, talking about Simon, this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one, but neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet. But she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, 
her sins, and they were many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, Your sins are forgiven. You may be seated. That last verse I read this morning, Your sins are forgiven. I would like to talk to you about forgiveness. Forgiveness, the hope of a second chance. If you would read the entire book of uh, Luke, the seventh chapter, you would find that there are three different miracles recorded. The first miracle I'm going to call a great miracle. That was the miracle of the healing of the centurion servant. You remember he told Jesus, you don't have to come to my house to heal my boy, but you can just speak the word and he will be healed. The second miracle I'm going to call a greater miracle, and that was the raising of the young man back to life again. And then I'm going to refer to the third miracle as the greatest miracle of all. That was the forgiving of this woman. A sinful woman when she when Jesus looked at her and said, Your sins are forgiven. I believe this morning that the saving of a lost soul is the greatest miracle that Jesus ever performs. After all, it meets the greatest need of the human heart. God can miraculously heal the body of a person who is ill, and that person will eventually die. But the salvation and the forgiveness of sin heals what we would call the sin-sick soul. And when that sin-sick soul is healed, it gives us the hope of eternal life, life forever with Jesus Christ. You remember when Jesus came to this earth in the human form, He came for one purpose. He came to do the work of the Father. And that was to be the Redeemer of mankind. When Jesus came to this earth, He did not come primarily to heal people from their illness, even though He did. He did not come to this earth to make men wealthy, even though men are wealthy. He did not come to this earth to bring happiness, even though we know that real happiness, true happiness, is only found in knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You remember... uh, Gerber's baby food. Do they still sell Gerber's baby food? Well, uh, do, do anyone happen to remember what the motto of Gerber's baby food was for a long, long period of time? It was this. Babies are our business. Babies are our business. And so they have been in the business for many, many years of taking care of babies. But you know this morning that salvation through the forgiveness of sins is God's only business this morning. His only business. Everything else that God does for us, it leads to one thing. He wants to forgive us of our sins and make us a new creature in Christ Jesus. Now, the Pharisees, they cannot understand why 
God would have anything to do with this sinful woman. The predominant thing about this woman was the fact that she was a sinner. We all are sinners saved by the grace of God. But the Bible goes on to say that her sins were what? Many, many sins. But when Jesus spoke to her and said, your sins are forgiven, he was speaking to her the word that gave her hope of a second chance. Aren't you glad this morning that God gives us second chances? We messed up the first chance. We may have even messed up the second chance. But God God does not give up on us. I remember uh, as a boy, I would... I probably wouldn't be here in Newville preaching to you this morning if God had not given me a second chance. You know, when we went back to our high school reunion, the 40th and the 50th, and this year will be the 60th year of high school reunion. Can you fathom that? I can't. But, you know, the last two reunions we had, they invited me to do the invocation. Now, as a boy in high school... Knowing me, I would have been the last one that they were called to give the invocation. But God gives us second chances. He never gives up on us. He's always there for us. And no matter how miserably we may have messed up in our life, God is right there to help us along the way and to pick us up and to give us another chance uh, to be one of His children I believe that the most wonderful words that were ever spoken by Jesus Christ were words that the sinful woman heard that day when he said to her, Woman, your sins are forgiven. Beautiful words from that very moment that Jesus uttered on the cross. It is finished. Those same words have been echoing down through the centuries of mankind, and that this morning is still the message of hope for you and for me and for fallen humanity. Just a few things I'd like to share with you this morning, and the first one is this. Forgiveness is not cheap, even though it is free. Do you realize this morning that salvation is free? You don't have to pay anything for it. Salvation is free to whosoever will can come. But it's not cheap. It was costly. It cost Jesus Christ dying on a cruel, rugged cross whereby He could provide salvation to you and me this morning. We all need forgiveness. We were born as sinners and we need the forgiveness of God And this morning, the forgiveness is the gift that God gives to you and me, to lost mankind. Not collectively, but He gives it to us individually, you and me. There's absolutely nothing that we can do in our own wisdom, our own efforts to bring about forgiveness. Our good works, our good intentions, our good deeds can never bring about forgiveness of sins. It takes the blood of Jesus Christ applied to our heart as He forgives us of our sins. You remember Martin Luther. He was the great mighty uh, Reformation. And uh, he was seeking forgiveness of sins. He was trying to find peace with God. 
and they were telling him, uh, if you'll just perform certain things, or if you'll uh, fast for certain days, or, or whatever these things are, that you'll find forgiveness. But he did not find forgiveness. And then they, they said, if you'll go to, uh, to Rome and, and climb the staircase of Pilate on your knees and say a prayer on each step, you would find forgiveness and peace with God. But he did not find peace with God. But climbing up those steps, the light of the gospel shined down upon him. And the message was, the just shall live by faith. And Martin Luther, by faith, accepted uh, the transforming power of the grace of God and became a mighty soldier of Jesus Christ. Uh, he knew that his sins were forgiven. He knew that his name was written down in the Lamb's book of life. Uh, and so this morning, Jesus Christ was that perfect sacrifice uh, offered on Calvary's rugged cross for the sins of the whole world. And so the cost of forgiveness was paid in full by the death of Jesus. Secondly, forgiveness is a powerful word. There's many words in the English language that are called powerful. They express some feeling or action or desire, uh, something that we may have done or, or want to do. But I believe that the most powerful word in the vocabulary this morning is the word forgiveness. Why? Because forgiveness, forgiveness is a word that is something that is greater than our sins. And our sins were great. But God's love and God's forgiveness is greater than our debt of sin. This woman that we read about this morning in our scripture lesson was a sinner. And the Bible tells us that her sins were many. I don't know what those sins were. It doesn't make any difference what sins they may have been, but they were many. She was a, a, a great sinner. But Jesus looked at her and said, your sins are forgiven. He didn't forgive just one sin. He forgave all of her sins, her many sins. Aren't you glad this morning that when God does His work, He does a complete job? He doesn't do a, 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 a partial job, but when He forgives us every sin, He is covered by the blood and forgiven. I believe those words were the sweetest and kindest words that had ever fallen on the ears of this sinful woman. And all Jesus had to do was just speak the word. Your sins are forgiven. And in a moment, in an instant of time, every sin, that she had ever committed was washed away, and God remembered them against her no more. Aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't forgive us in the same ways that other people may forgive? I'm reminded of the, of the story about two brothers. They got in a fight, and the mother was right there to break that fight up. And so she told the older brother that he needed to go to his younger brother and forgive him for what he had done. Well, he looked at his mom and said, Okay, I'll forgive him tonight, but if I don't die tonight, he'd better look out in the morning. You know, that's the type of forgiveness that some people have. They hold on to it. 
How many times have you heard people say, I'll forgive you, but I want you to know I'll never forget. We've heard that said, and it's easy to shrug off that response, and we expect it. But, you know, aren't you glad God didn't tell us that? He didn't say, I'm going to forgive you of your many sins, but I just want you to know I'm going to remember every one of them against you. God doesn't do that. God said, when I take your sins, I'm going to cast them as far as the east is from the west. Where's the east? Where's the west? No one knows. You know where the north is. You know where the south is. And then God said, I'm going to cast them into the sea of my forgetfulness to be remembered against you no more. And so God is just the opposite of what other people do and what they say. I like what the songwriter wrote when he wrote these words. The load of sin was more than I could bear. He took them all away. He took them all away and now on Him I cast my every care. He took my sins away. The word forgiveness this morning is a powerful word. It cancels the debt of sin and gives me a second chance in life. The third thing I want to mention, and that is this. Forgiveness is a life-changing word. What does it mean to forgive? To, to be forgiven means that we have been lifted from the deep, miry clay. We've been lifted from the paths of sin and restored to the favor and the fellowship with God as though we had never sinned. That's hope this morning. That's the hope that we have. I, I read about one, uh, one day a man went to apply for a new driver's license. And one of the questions on that license was this. Have you ever been arrested? The man put down, no. The next question was, why? And the man wrote, never been caught. You know, uh, the attitude of many people towards sins that they are guilty of, uh, they're not really sorry for their sin. They're just glad they haven't been caught. But God said a, a, a contrite and a broken spirit, I will not deny. I will be there. And so this morning, we must be sorry for any sin that we may have committed uh, and uh, and all we have to do is just ask Him. And He's right there to give us a second chance. He's right there to help us. This woman's faith in Jesus Christ changed her life forever. The condemnation, the terror of the law did not make her a new person. The religious systems of the Pharisees and the Sadducees could not bring her peace and change her life. The tears that she shed could not do it. Only one thing. It was through the grace and the forgiveness she became a changed woman. When Jesus spoke those words, your sins are forgiven, her life was changed. One day a, a farmer drove his team of mules to town. Now that was in the olden days. You know, who would be driving their team of mules to, to town in these days? But these are the olden days. He, he drove his team of mules to town, and, and he was late getting home that night. When he walked in the door, his wife looked at him and said, Man, what took you so long? 
Well, he said, uh, I was coming home, and I picked up the preacher along the way, and from that moment on, the mules didn't understand a word that I ever said. Stuart Hamlin, a great songwriter, got saved. His life was transformed. He was a wicked man. He was far away from God. He did not always speak Sunday school language when he talked. And he said after he got saved, it took his hunting dog six months to learn the language and what he was saying to them. My wife had the privilege of playing for Stuart Hamlin many, many years ago. I shouldn't say many, many years ago. That makes it look like we're old. But uh, several years ago in Twin Falls, Idaho, and he, was, he is the one that wrote that song, It is no secret what God can do, what He's done for others, he, He'll do for you. He wrote that song for John Wayne when he was testifying to John Wayne. He was telling John Wayne, What God has done for me, He can do for you. I tell you, when, when Jesus speaks the word forgiven, we become a changed person. The things we once loved, we don't, hate, we don't love anymore. The things we once hated, we now love. Was there a time when you didn't want to go to church? You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> but, but all of us, we went. But, you know, when, when God does something for us, He changes us. We want to go to church now. Why? Because God has forgiven us. We're a new creature in Christ Jesus. We want to worship Him and praise Him. Our language change, our desires, our, the places we like to go, the places we like to, uh, the things we like to read, the things we like to walk, all those things change. Over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, I read these words, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old one has gone, and the new one has come. The word forgiveness is a life-changing word. I read the story. I don't. I didn't read the story. I know of a young lady who grew up in a Christian home, but after a time, through the deceitfulness of sin, and and uh, she began to drift away from God. And when you begin to drift away from God, Satan will take you farther than you ever thought you would ever go. And so, even though reared in a Christian home, she began to drift farther and farther and farther away from God. Until it was not long before she was committing every sin imaginable. Until one day she hit the bottom. She had no place to go. She knew she had to make a change. And so on a Wednesday night she called her pastor and told him that she could not live this wicked life any longer. She needed to make a change. And so he pastor began to pray with her. And like the prodigal of old, she was brought back to the father and... Uh, God, with wide open arms of love and forgiveness, uh, she was received back into the family of God. Her life was changed completely. But the scars of sin were deep. And the devil had continually reminded her of the sins that she had committed. You know, the devil's a good reminder. He reminds you, but you've got to resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And when the devil comes back to remind you, say, Mr. Devil, God has forgiven me. They're under the blood. And so uh, the devil was hounding her, and she was depressed and despondent and, until she even contemplated suicide. 
A few nights later, she decided that she would go back to her pastor and for some counseling and instruction. Again, she reminded him of the wicked life that she had lived, and she could not believe that God really loved her and that he could forgive her for what she had done. The wise pastor stopped the young lady and said, Wait just a minute. And he looked up to heaven. And after a moment of silence, he said, Lord, this woman tells me that there's no way you could love her and forgive her for the kind of life that she lived. Again, after another moment of silence, the pastor looked at the lady and said, the Lord wants to know when these things happen. Did they happen before Wednesday night you got saved? She said, oh, yes, yes. Those happened year, years before, before I got saved on Wednesday. Those things had happened. The wise pastor looked up again heavenward. He looked back at the woman, lady and said, it must have been because the Lord doesn't remember any of those things that you're talking about. That's the God that we love. That's the God that we serve. A God this morning that... That forgives us. When God forgives us, He frees us from our sins. It's like we have been released. We have been pardoned. We're like a bird out of a cage. One moment we are unforgiven. And the next moment we are forgiven. And that heavy load of sin has been lifted off. And and you're free from the chains of sin that had you bound. And so when you come to Jesus personally and you confess your sins, you begin to experience the powerful wonderful, transforming, forgiving grace of our loving Lord. In John chapter 8, verse 36, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You know, if we're a Christian this morning, we're free. You know, I can do anything I want to do. You know what the only difference is? A lot of things I don't want to do because I'm, I'm a Christian. I belong to Him. And so this morning, He is the one we're all, we, uh, we're all bankrupt. Uh, like the songwriter said, In my hand no price I bring, simply to the cross I cling. We have nothing that we can boast of. It's all because of God's grace. We're debtors, but because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God, because of the word forgiveness, it gives us hope of a second chance. Has God given you a second chance? A third chance? A fourth chance, God has given me a second chance. Sometimes a third chance. Sometimes a fourth chance. We serve a loving God. A God who died on the cross. Shed His blood that we might be redeemed. And so this morning we are going to partake of communion together. Uh, Communion is a time when we once again are reminded of the price that Jesus paid on Calvary's cross. One day a little boy was admitted to an orphanage home where he was taken to live. He was given a new clothes to wear and he felt pride in the new suit and the new shoes that he was wearing. But he wear the new cap. He clinged to that old cap very tightly. The lady of the orphanage said, you have to take this new cap. I have to take your old cap. And finally, very reluctantly, the little boy 
took that old hat and he tore out a piece of the lining and stuck it in his pocket. She looked at the little boy and said, why did you do that? Tears began to stream down that little boy's eyes and, and he began to cry and he answered. He said, the lining of my old cap was part of my mother's dress. It's all that I have left of her to remind me of her. It's just a piece of faded material. But to that little boy, it was a holy symbol. The bread, the juice that we drink this morning, is but a symbol to remind us of the price that he paid for you and me. And so you that are at home, if you have your elements together, you can get those and we'll all partake. Does everyone have a communion cup that, that wants one? If not, uh, you can raise your hand. I think everyone's been served. On that night when Jesus, you, shall, you can stand if you'd like to. On that night as Jesus partook of the Last Supper with his disciples. He knew that one was going to betray him. One was not going to be with him any longer. The disciples could not understand everything that was happening and was going to happen. But he also left to them a memory. He took the piece of bread and held it up before his disciples. As he broke that bread, he began to pass it around the table. He said, take, eat, as oft as you do this, do in remembrance of me, reminding you of my broken body, the humiliation, the suffering. You may take and eat. Then he took the fruit of the vine, poured it into the cup. They didn't realize it at that particular time because they could not understand what Jesus was telling them. But it was to remind them of the blood that he was going to shed on Calvary's rugged cross for their sins. He's already died. The blood has been shed. And so this morning, as you have that cup in your hand, it's, it's nothing but juice. But it's to remind us this morning of the blood that he shed that we might have the forgiveness of sins. He said, take and drink. As oft as you do this, do in remembrance of me. You may drink. Join with me in the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us sing together. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve. Lord bless you and keep you and make His face to shine upon you. May God bless you this morning.